It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. Let's talk some NBA. As we know, the Knicks took care of the Hornets tonight, 121 to 102. Uh, the Nets beat the Hawks 120 to 116. Watch out now. Um, uh, also, you've got the Lakers. They lost to the 76ers 133 to 122. If you saw me on, on Daily Wager earlier tonight, uh, that was one of my favorite NBA plays. Uh, I said lay the three and a half with the 76ers, um, even though AD and, uh, and LeBron was playing. Get this now. Uh, the, the Lakers are 0 5 in their last five games against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. They're 0-5 against the spread, so that trend uh, continues. Pelicans took care of the Suns. How about the Pelicans, man? They're playing such good basketball, 128-117. to um, And uh, game action going on right now, the Bucks over the Mavs, 50-46. to That was another play that I liked tonight. I took the Bucks minus one against the Mavs. So, uh, so they're up right now at about a minute 30 left in the first half. So uh, Bucks are up 50 to 46. But we've got some good games going on tomorrow. The Nets are taking on the Pacers. Uh, the Clippers taking on the Wizards. And uh, Celtics, how about the Celtics going up against the Warriors? That very well could be a preview of a uh, possible NBA championship. We'll see if the Warriors can start winning some games uh, on, um, of, of course, on the road. And then, um, and then on Sunday, the Suns going up against the Pelicans. The Lakers, they've got a game against the Pistons. Joining us now is Om Youngman Suk. He does a phenomenal job covering the NBA. A lot of what he does takes place out west. So let's 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 start. Before we look, I, I wanted I booked you for the show because I, I want to talk futures in regards to the NBA, Om. But let's start local first in regards to what's going on with the Clippers and the Lakers because I know those are the two teams uh, that you do uh, that you do cover. Uh, the, the the Lakers, of course, as we know, AD has been dealing with the flu, LeBron with the ankle, but they've got a very um, juicy matchup <laughs> against against the Wizards that really could turn their organization around. What are you looking for in this matchup? Anita, this is one of the games on the schedule that they absolutely have to take care of. I mean, Detroit uh, is probably a little more dangerous than their seven wins, uh, you know, than their schedule or their record would indicate. Um you can just ask Dallas, who was in Detroit recently, um, and they beat Detroit in overtime and was able to overcome Luka Doncic, um, even without Cade Cunningham. But the thing is, like, for the Lakers, one, they have to be healthy. As long as they have a healthy LeBron, healthy Anthony Davis, um, they should be good. This is You, you would have to say that so far the, the road trip, um, them taking the first two games of the road trip was big. Um, and then, of course, after that, uh, losing two in a row, Cleveland and Toronto, they kind of had some health issues there with AD and, and LeBron. So hopefully they can pull this out. They're overall playing better, and I think that's what you want to see. I, I, I don't know if it's sustainable, Anita, if Anthony Davis can continue to keep up that type of play. He's just not going to be able to score 44, 55 every night. We know that. But at least they're playing better. Uh, they're playing more together. I think guys are understanding their roles, even Russell Westbrook off the bench. And so if they can continue to do this and pick off the games that they're supposed to win, they can hover around at least the play-in, 
until they get some sort of reinforcements. And I think that's what Laker fans are hoping for, that after December 15th, when guys who were signed this summer can be traded, that perhaps the Lakers can strike a deal at some point from that point and before the trading deadline in February that they can get some more help for LeBron and AD. Russell Westbrook, sixth man off the bench. You could get it plus 160. Would you play it? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you, you know, this might be a game where this, you know, this this might be actually be a game for him that he could thrive in and run. Uh, I think for him, it's all about kind of getting in the open court, attacking the rim, um, and scoring. So, so like Detroit has a young team, so perhaps this could be a good game to get him going. Um, you know, but if you're asking me, like sixth man of the year, yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't think so. I think this. <laughs> I think there's going to be tougher competition unless Russell really picks up his game. Uh, again, Om Youngman Suk joining us here. You've got a Clippers team uh, that, as well, is is going to be playing this weekend, going up against the Wizards. Kawhi back, but really the big question mark is, and you know, heard Stephen A. Smith talk about it earlier this week, and that is like, you know, he has like a, a hangnail, and he's like, I'm out, I'm out. So, you know. It, let, it, what are your expectations in regard to the, against the Wizards this weekend? But also, what are your expectations big picture? Because if Kawhi and 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 Paul George can stay healthy, the, the Clippers could be a team that really can contest and contend in the West and represent. But the big question mark is is if Kawhi can stay healthy. And and again, you know, we're talking about hangnails and stuff. First, I would expect that Kawhi is going to be available to play in Washington. Um, you know, which will be an emotional return for John Wall. Uh, he has been back in D.C. when he was with the Rockets back in 2021, but that was during COVID when there were no fans. So this will be the first time for John Wall to kind of go back, uh, feel the love from all the fans in D.C., deservedly so. Um, and, you know, he's he's lost his mother, his grandmother uh, in the past, like, three years. So, like, basically when he was there, he was still grieving them. So this will be kind of a good, almost a little bit of closure for John Wall. I, I would say for the Clippers, uh, it's going to be up and down probably for all the way through All-Star break. Um, the, the schedule packed in 61 games before the All-Star break, 21 games on the way back. So what does that mean for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Well, as they continue to build these guys back up and make sure they stay healthy, that's the Clippers' number one goal, to make sure they stay healthy for the playoffs, um, you're going to have a lot of, um, you know, they're just going to be a little discombobulated at times. They're not going to have the chemistry, as you kind of saw, in Orlando, when they jump out to a huge lead, Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George look good, and then all of a sudden it's like it goes, it dips, and all of a sudden it looks like they don't look great, and all of a sudden the execution's not good at the end, and they lose in overtime to an Orlando Magic team that they should have beaten. And I think you'll see that a lot just because they're still very much working on chemistry, time together, uh, understanding what is needed for them, execution, things like that, and they don't have much practice time. And then you've got Kawhi Leonard in and out of the lineup, you know, he's being held out of back-to-backs. Um, so is John Wall. Uh, they're on a minutes limit, these type of things. And they got other injuries to deal with, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard. These guys are in and out of lineup all the time. It's going to take a minute before they get their chemistry, their continuity together. And I think you're going to see that once they get to the playoffs, though. And if they are 100% healthy, um, they can definitely make noise. It's just a matter of how much time on the court Will all these guys have together fully healthy, one hundred percent? Right, right. I hear you. And, and and so let's 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 look big picture, right? And let's talk about the Celtics team. Uh, talk about you know t- turmoil that that they have 
really went through prior to the season, starting with their head coach. And of course, like, you know, the talk of Jalen Brown potentially being traded to the Nets for KD. And, you know, how's he going to come in mentally knowing that the team was willing to trade him? Man, he's shooting 45% from mid-range. You've got Tatum arguably, uh, you know, in the discussion for MVP this season. You could get that at plus 250, by the way. Uh, Dare I say that this very well at the end of the day could possibly be the greatest team we've seen uh, in, in NBA history, let alone right up there. I mean, listen, Om, you've got six players shooting 40% from, from downtown, and, and that's not even including Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown. I don't know if this is sustainable. I mean, we got a long way to go in the season. They are on fire. I am not taking anything away from them. I give them a lot of credit. I did not see this coming. I, I watched them in the NBA Finals myself, and I thought, they should have won the finals if they had more experience. Had they been there, there were just too many times when they just, you know, didn't know how to take advantage of, of a Warriors team when they had them on the ropes at home, things like that. Um, I knew they would take a step forward, not like this. Um, I still think it's going to come down to them and the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. Uh, Milwaukee is extremely tough. Giannis playing like an MVP again. I don't know if they can sustain this type of, like, you know, historic offensive uh, efficiency. But they are they, that Malcolm Brogdon trade was perfect for them. Uh, Missoula has shown that he he can coach. Um, we were wondering about that, but we still have to see when they are in a seven game series and they have to make adjustments. Um, things get tough. They face some adversity. What's going to happen there? Uh, but so far they look great. Um, I don't know if they can keep it up, but I do think they're going to be there for the rest of the season as one of the top, probably top two or three teams in the NBA. So you could wager that the Celtics are going to win the championship at three to one. Following that, the Bucks six to one, the Golden State Warriors seven to one, Clippers eight to one, Nets twelve to one, Cleveland, which I'm I'm making a ton of money this year on Cleveland, twenty two to one. So sitting right now and looking at your power rankings, and you know if if it's not the Celtics, who's the team that you think is 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 going to get better? as the season progresses and, and you think has a good shot of winning at the season outside of the Celtics home. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to get better because they're 18 and six, but they are because they just got Chris Middleton back. Um, so if they stay healthy with Chris Middleton, now giving Giannis help, they're going to be better. Um, and I would say, you know, other teams to look for, um, I mean, the Clippers will get better with health. I think the Denver Nuggets will play better um, as Jamal Murray kind of gets his feet back under him from coming back from his ACL and also Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. has been out now for an extended stretch here. If he can get healthy, the Denver Nuggets will be better and they will be a contender as well. Um, And so I I would probably those teams come to mind. I mean, Phoenix, I think it's going to still be Phoenix. They're going to be up there as well. But Milwaukee is the first team that comes to mind because of Chris Middleton being back. Always love having Ohm on this show. I'll tell you what, I'm laying the money right now on the Celtics. Why not? Listen, this team is so good. Like I was having the conversation with Ohm. Uh, you've got six players shooting 40% from downtown. Uh, Tatum uh, in the discussion for winning MVP. By the way, you can wager that for plus 250. Jalen Brown has been unbelievable. 68% around the rim, 45% from mid-range. Who's stopping the Celtics team? I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody is. And by the way, you can get the Celtics to win the championship at three to one. You can get them to win the East at plus 150. That's where my money is flowing for sure. 
Uh, stay tuned. We still have a lot more coming your way. Lindsay Theory is going to join us. We've got a great Sunday night game between the Miami Dolphins and the Chargers. Uh, she's going to give us a preview. And, of course, I'll have those plays and those picks for you as well. You're listening to Week in Wager brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. More to come, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Lindsay Theory joins us now from the West Coast. She does a phenomenal job covering the Chargers. Big Monday night game. The Miami Dolphins going up against the Chargers. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Where's that line right now? Um, the Miami Dolphins, a minus three and a half uh, favorite on the road. Keep in mind, they took on the 49ers last week. They stayed out west to get ready. They didn't have to travel back and forth, of course, staying out there west, getting ready to take on the Chargers. Lindsay, first and foremost, I picked the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was my preseason pick. Obviously, they have failed miserably. Give me the top three reasons why this team has been struggling. Reason number one. Uh, I'd have to go with the injuries. I mean, they have just been coming nonstop for the Chargers. Uh, I know a lot of NFL teams can say that, but truly, uh, they have no edge rusher Joey Bosa, no cornerback J.C. Jackson. Keenan Allen was out most of the season, finally back from a hamstring injury. Mike Williams, uh, he has been out the last several games because of a high ankle sprain. Uh, they have no left tackle. Rashawn Slater, he was hurt after week three, put on IR. Uh, this last game, they played with a backup left tackle, a backup right tackle, a backup center. So this team has really been through it. We haven't seen what they could be, that team that we saw put together over the summer on paper. We haven't seen what that could be um, on the field. Uh, another reason I think that they've underachieved this defense, um, of course, again, you've, lost, you've also lost a couple of interior uh, you know, defense alignment. Um, the defense was really where they put their uh, – effort put their energy over the offseason and um, despite Brandon Staley being a defensive minded coach um, this team hasn't been great they've been especially poor against the run um, allowing well over 5.4 uh, yards per rush so that has been um, a definite point they need to improve on 
And then, you know, it could be up for debate what's going up on with the play calling. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert did deal with fractured ribs, uh, rib cartilage several weeks of the season, uh, end of week two, probably up until about, they said about week eight or so after the bye week. You know, so it was kind of hard to tell, right? Is it play calling that's been changed to kind of uh, atone for his rib injury? Or is it just play calling that's ultra conservative? Um, but the Chargers have not consistently been explosive down the field. So that, that of course, factors in to why they are 6-6 six and six and not uh, in contention right now to make a deep playoff or Super Bowl run. Uh, by the way, uh, just to give you the spread and, and, and where it sits right now, uh, the Miami Dolphins are favored by 3.5. The over-under is at 51.5. With that being said, Lindsay, let's focus on what's going on offensively. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, we got a little tease there, especially if you have Mike Williams on your fantasy team, right? Like, uh, came back, what, two weeks ago, and then unfortunately re-injures the ankle again in in game, and then uh, and then is on the bench now for you know a, a, another you know pretty much two games because he injured it early in that in that game. Uh, can we expect to see him? Uh, this Monday, and and if so, you know, do you know like what the percentage is in regard to how healthy that ankle is? Uh, is it is it a, a concern or even a risk, uh, especially if you want to play Mike Will in in fantasy this week? Yeah, definitely. He played six whole snaps uh, mm-hmm. coming off a high ankle sprain before he uh, re-aggravated it. He's been out the last two games. Uh, last week, he did appear on the practice field, albeit not to practice, just to stretch and have some fun with his teammates. Uh, the Chargers went through a walkthrough on Wednesday. They are supposed to return to practice today, Thursday. Uh, we are told that at some point this week that Mike Williams should be returning to practice. Uh, it has not been disclosed whether that's in a full capacity or a limited capacity. But I do not think, I do not get the sense the Chargers this time around are in any rush to bring him back before that high ankle is ready to go. Um, I think anyone who uh, has followed the league for a number of years or if you have fantasy players who deal with high ankle sprains, um, those can be a nagging, terrible injury that they really just at some point need to let heal before they try to push it again. With that being said, Joshua Palmer has really uh, stepped up in a big way, you know, in regard to his target share and what he's been able to do. Uh, Expect a big game from him this coming Monday night? Yeah, Joshua Palmer, you know, last week against the Raiders, he made some catches in some really crucial moments. I think that's been a, seen a lot of growth from him uh, this season. Uh, he wasn't necessarily a target you could entirely depend on when the ball went his way early in the season or last season. Uh, he's been prone to a few drops, which is not kind of being um, as close to the target as he needs to be. Uh, but he has definitely come on, uh, especially the second half of the season with other guys out. And I would expect that Justin Herbert will continue to look for him, uh, you know, especially with, with Keenan Allen kind of being covered recently as he, as he has been. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this matchup because forever and a day, you know, and, and so let me preface by saying born and raised in Miami, grew up a Steelers slash Dolphins fan, of course, and um, and ever since Dan Marino left, it was always like, you know, this team's never going to find another good quarterback and passed up on Herbert and decided to go with Tua. Well, this season, of course, Tua is having an exceptional season for a number of reasons, better offensive line and better weapons around him. We'll get to that in a second. But I've been saying since the draft, man, the, the Dolphins really screwed up. They should have drafted Herbert over Tua. And now the two get to go up against each other. 
with a season where Herbert now is uh, is struggling more so than Tua. Uh, is is that? Do you feel that that, that matchup is going to play a role for Herbert right now? Is 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 he excited to go up against Tua because these two, I think, will forever in their career be compared to one another. You know, if Justin Herbert is, he definitely hasn't kind of revealed that he is. Uh, about as even as I have seen uh, from a quarterback as far as kind of his week-to-week approach. Um, you really never see too much enthusiasm out of him. You really never see him get too low after any kind of loss or anything. Um, he's really just the same guy week in and week out. Uh, kind of no matter what you ask him, you get very kind of similar responses week in and week out, very even across the board. Uh, so he's got kind of a great poker face. I guess is what I'm trying to say uh, throughout the week. Uh, you know, and he has, I did ask him actually going into last week because Justin talks on Friday, a little bit anticlimactic end of the week. But I did ask him last week if he has built any kind of friendship or relationship um, with Tua and even with Joe Burrow, all those guys being in the 2020 class. And he said they really haven't been able to. Of course, that 2020 draft class really unique. It all happened during COVID. Everyone was in their basements. Um, but it will no doubt be a really fun matchup to see, to see two quarterbacks, number five and number six, um, go head-to-head uh, coming days. Yeah, it, it absolutely will be. Uh, on the defensive side for the Chargers, uh, they have not been great, and, and for all the reasons, of course, you, you pointed out uh, in, in the beginning of the segment. Uh, the Chargers defense, 29th in pressure rate. Here's, here's what, what I'm afraid of when it comes to the Chargers, and that is they are a top 10 team in missed tackle rate. And when you've got Tyreek Hill and Waddle coming to town, that can be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> how is this defense, I don't think you can stop them, but how is this defense going to try to slow down Tua and these two wide receivers that run like four two fours? Yeah, without question, it's really wild. What are we in week 14 and we're still talking about missed tackles, a pretty fundamental part of the game for the Chargers and their defense. Uh, but they know that they have their hands full, um, you know, with two and then really with Tyreek. So I, I would watch for them to – Asante Samuel Jr. was on uh, Devontae Adams last week. I would, he was on Devontae Adams also uh, in week two. Uh, no, uh, week one when uh, J.C. Jackson was not available. Uh, I would expect for them to have him on uh, Tyreek Hill as well. Um, but they're going to try to have to get pressure. They're going to try to have to get the most they can out of Khalil Mack, who's really out on an island. Um, you know, he came to be in a tandem with Joey Bosa, and that obviously has not come to fruition. Um, so they're just going to have to try to get pressure onto it any way possible. I would watch for them to move Derwin James around a lot and use him however possible, however they can to their advantage. Um, he's a guy who's played all over the field and I think could really be an X factor in this game with so many Dolphins weapons. Lindsay, before we let you go, just bigger picture here. Uh, again, as you said, the Chargers sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Their playoff hopes are not eliminated as of yet. Uh, any, any chance that they can turn this around this season looking at their, their, their schedule moving forward? Yeah, you know what? They're going to have to win over the Dolphins. They're going to have to win against the Titans, which is not going to be easy with uh, their run defense and Derrick Henry. Uh, I would be, at this point, being frank, surprised if they do turn it around and make it to the playoffs. Uh, just the injury situation alone uh, is has made it quite an unsustainable season. They have yet to beat a team with a winning record, so they really – um, haven't even had to play anyone very good yet. Uh, um, 
or they at least haven't beaten anybody very good yet. They have had to play good teams, the Chiefs, excuse me, a couple of times. Um, but I, I just don't see this team with the amount of injuries that they are dealing with being able to kind of come up with a little bit of luck, which you also need really to kind of overcome where they are in the playoff race. All right. I, I want to thank Lindsay Theory, of course, for joining us here on 90.7 ESPN. How am I playing this one? If you're scared, say you're scared. I'm not. I, I think this is going to be a complete beatdown with the Miami Dolphins. I'll lay the points at three and a half. In fact, I want to call this up right now because I don't, I don't like the hook, okay? I don't like it. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not shy to buy the hook down. So, you know, I, I'll buy it down to three um, just, just because you never know. Listen, it's, it's Justin Herbert. <laughs> He's not chopped liver. So, uh, so I'll buy it down to three. So I'll lay the minus 124. So I'm laying $124 down to $100 that Miami wins for all the reasons uh, in the negativity, unfortunately, that we heard from Lindsay in regard to just how bad this Chargers team is playing. The biggest thing for me as well, I'm going to be looking at Tyreek Hill over receiving and over, re- over uh, receiving yards. Um, and let me see if that's out right now. So Tyreek Hill over 98 and a half receiving yards. I know that's a lot, but you know what? I'm going to play it. Tyreek Hill over seven and a half receptions. I know it's a lot. I'm going to play it. Why? Like I said before, uh, this is a Chargers team. They are bottom five in the NFL in missed tackles. How about that? Marinating that for a minute. <laughs> They're just got awful. Anyway, that's how I'm playing that Sunday night game. You're listening to We Can Wager here on 90.70 SPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. We'll be right back with Fat Jack here on 90.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. And I've talked, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. So uh, we got Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. That's where you can find him, professional handicapper. He joins us each and every week. 
and we love when he does. Uh, we've got, I mean, there's a number, I, I love this week's slate. Let's start here on our own backyard, okay? You've got the Giants and the Jets, and they are in the driver's seat, in control of their own destiny when it comes to the postseason. Let's start with the Giants. Uh, home dogs, plus seven and a half. Going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, this line opened up at six and a half. It's not now up to seven and a half. Might be a little bit too much or too rich for me. Um, Fat Jack, how are you playing this? Yeah, you know, both of the New York teams, I, I think it's a similar breakdown and that it's going to be really difficult for both of them to cover numbers if they can't score against the opponent's defense. You're getting one of the best defenses in the league in Buffalo when they're playing the Jets. And in this Philly game, you're getting an offense balance to be able to move the ball. And, and a Giants uh, offense that's really one-dimensional. As you alluded to, Philly's been good at stopping the run, at least lately. It, you don't want to look too much at recency bias. but And the Giants have been good at home. They're 4-1 against the spread at home, actually tied to the, the high mark, uh, covering the number 9-3 and three this year, tied with Cincinnati. Really, really good against the spread. But what we know is that those things typically, will, there will be some regression as we go toward this latter, latter part of the season. I like Philly minus the 6.5 or 7 based on the one-dimensional offense that the Giants are bringing in and the fact that Philly's just seen that and did a really good job of stopping that. So I'll take Philly minus the point. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Jack. I'm surprised this line is uh, is 6.5, 7. I, I would expect it to be 7.5 in some places. But nonetheless, I'm with you. Uh, fly, Eagles, fly. That's for sure. Uh, a team that has been flying with a new quarterback, Mike White, starting quarterback for the Jets now, will continue to be under the helm. Uh, going up against the Buffalo Bills, at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by nine and a half. The over-under here is 43 and a half. The first time these two teams met, the Jets, of course, won. Bad weather conditions expected in Buffalo this Sunday. 30 degrees, snow, wind up to 10, 15 miles per hour. Uh, what's your play here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, even if the weather wasn't bad, I don't know how under is not the best play in the game. I mean, I lean toward Buffalo minus the points because of the things we just talked about. The Jets are going to have trouble scoring. Mike White is a great made-for-Disney TV movie, AMC <laughs> movie. Or but I think there's going to be a little bit regression after his first couple starts. So I don't expect him to keep that up long term. All of the series trends, Jets and Buffalo's trends, all go under. Five of the last seven Jets games have gone under. Five of the last seven in the series have gone under. And eight of the last ten Buffalo games have gone under. As you alluded to, there's weather coming up in Buffalo on Sunday as well. I like under, absolutely. I, they can't set it much lower than 42 or 43. And I, do, I think even though there's not going to be a lot of scoring, I think the Jets are going to really have trouble scoring. And with that Buffalo defense, uh, still being one of the tops in the league, I think they'll get some short fields as well. So hard for me not to play Buffalo, and I definitely like the under. Uh, some other games out there. How about this, man? Dallas, favored by 17. When was the last time a team was favored by 17? I think maybe this is the only time this season um, against the Houston Texans. Ever since Dak Prescott came back, what, week seven, week eight, something like that, um, this offense has just been prolific. Third best offense uh, behind Kansas City and, and Cincinnati. So uh, are you laying the 17? Are you laying the 17, and Jack? Hard to say. You know, when I talk about college or basketball, you know, this is the NFL. You typically don't get that big a line. Now, historically, when you get above 14 and a half or so, favorites typically do really, really well. You get 14 to about 11 you'll have a trend toward the underdogs up over that 14 and a half and higher. The favorites typically do well. The thing about Dallas as well, they are very balanced. And so this is a team I need, we may be talking about them a while in the playoffs, but I know Cowboy fans are always 
excited and then they're let down of some ridiculous loss when they're not supposed to. But this team has the pieces, and as you mentioned, they're going to have some momentum heading into the playoffs. I, another game I would lean under, I don't know how a lot of points are going to come against that Dallas defense, and I would lay the number. I, I'm thinking 34-7, to 7, something like that. It is that blowout situation, uh, and you have a lot of trends leading toward the under five of the last five Houston games have gone under when they're playing in this series. Um, and Houston in general, as we know, not, not very good at scoring points. So I don't think Dallas will, will score 50, but they're, I, like the, you know, they're, they're last week, but I do think they're going to score enough not only to cover the number, uh, but be comfortable. And I also I think Houston is going to struggle. I would play under as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Over-under is at 44. Uh, again, the, the, the Cowboys favored by 17. My favorite prop bet is uh, Tony Pollard scoring a touchdown. Odds for that have not hit the board yet, but he's got eight touchdowns his last five games. To me, he's the Aaron Jones of, uh, of Texas. All right, uh, let's talk about a few more NFL games and some really good ones in prime time. Uh, we really have not uh, had had uh, the luxury of having two really good prime time games, but we do this week, and that's the Bucks going up against the 49ers. 49ers at home, favored by three and a half. The over under here is at 37. Um, you know, this is this is really interesting. Do you know that Purdy and Suckup are both Mister Irrelevance? Did you know that? I, I did not. I, I did not know that. That's so, certainly so trivia they, for later on if I go to the bar or something. Right, yeah, right. There you I go. Said, there you go. Said, here's what's irrelevant about, about Brock Purdy. <laughs> I mean, I watched a lot of Brock Purdy when he was in college. And this dude, I, I understand they're building him up. I understand they're excited about the team. But I think this is absolute fool's gold. He is going to – unless he just made a total transformation in the NFL. His decision-making in college – when he got pressure, which wasn't a lot, they had very nice security blankets for him uh, and a couple of really big, long tight ends. But when he got pressure, he threw it to the other team as much as he threw it to his team. The problem is if they were playing somebody good offensively, I would, I would back the Brinks truck up. I mean, I literally would bet again because I'm, I'm sure offensively they're going to struggle. And Tampa's defense will, put, will be formidable. But – what are we getting out of Tom Brady? I mean, the guy's the dude's divorced. He's doing better, but he for most of the game last week he was throwing tantrums. He's back throwing the notebook and stuff. And then all of a sudden they blink their eyes because New Orleans doesn't pick up a first down when they really should have on a running play that was uh, insignificant at the time, but meant a ton in the, in the overall scheme of the game. They come back and bang, bang, now they win the game, and we still think they're there. I think this team has a lot of problems offensively, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to capitalize against another very good defense in what San Francisco is. Under the total, absolutely in the game. If you make, I'm not playing Brock Purdy until further notice because anybody that could get pressure on him is going to force him into short fields for the other team's offense. So a lean toward Tampa and definitely the under. Uh, and the under, by the way, is at 37. The other big, of course, Monday night game, the Miami Dolphins stayed out west. Of course, they took on the 49ers last week. Tough loss against the 49ers. That defense is just too damn good. Uh, so the Dolphins stayed out west. Now they take on the Chargers in L.A. This is the Chargers defense, 29th in pressure rate, bottom five in explosive play percentage allowed. And, oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill is coming to town. So uh, this is the Dolphins team. Favored by three and a half. The over-unders at 51 and a half. How are you playing this bad boy? Yeah, the staying east or staying west has been a recent trend that most teams have been adapting to, and it has helped. 
the line would worry me more than anything else if I was Miami because I'm with you. I, I don't know how this defense for the Chargers stops him and stops this, uh, this offense for what, what Miami's been doing, not just uh, over the last part of the season, but the entire year. This team offensively has been really, really good. Now, 15 of the last 17 in this series have gone under. The Chargers have kind of had that secret sauce for muddying the game up, keeping it low scoring. And nine of the last 10 when the series is in L.A. have gone under. So most of the time going under, I do think this will be a little lower scoring game, and so does Vegas. So the line setters. This number would be closer to a touchdown if they felt like Miami was going to have their way offensively. The Chargers are not equipped for any type of shootout, and Miami's defense has done enough to keep them, you know, keep them at bay in the 20s somewhere. So I do think if the game's going to be close, it goes under. I'd absolutely go there first. Hard for me to absolutely fade Miami's offense, so I would lay the points and play them. I love it. Hey, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, that's where you can find him. Before I let you go, let's talk some college. I know uh, you were excited to, to, to break down this one. Last week, we previewed it, Army against Navy. Uh, what we do know, it, like death and taxes, it's both these teams are going to run the football, and, and the under typically hits uh, more times than not. The over-unders at 32 and a half. Um, what's your play here? Yeah, this is an interesting one, though, Nitty. You're absolutely right. 16 years in a row this game has gone under. Mm-hmm. Navy's won 17 uh, and 5 uh, at the last 22, so they've won 17 and 22. But consider this, Nitty. If the total was 33 the last 16 games that they played, the over would be 9 and 7. If this total, at some point, you have to understand that the, the fact it's gone under 16 years in a row is baked into the line. Vegas, and this is not a, an obscure stat nobody knows. Everybody knows this game has gone under 16 straight years. I do think there's going to be more points. I think Army's the right side of the team. Wrong team favorite here. I would play Army, and I think it goes over the 33. Hard to do and, and watch the game. I might go you know, run a marathon or something during the game. But not not me personally, but I would get out of the house because watch it. Betting the over in Army Navy is going to be a tough road to hoe with its third day. They're running the full that back guys. But I do think it gets there. As I said, 33 is the total. Nine and seven would be over uh, if that total had been that way over the last 16 years. So lean toward the over. All right. I want to thank Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com for joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, getting us ready for all things NFL, little little college for you as well. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 90.70 SPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. We come back. We'll close the show out strong with J.J. Duvaney getting us ready for World Cup action tomorrow on Saturday right here on 90.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. J.J. Duvaney joins us on the show. Him and Andrew Gunling have a phenomenal soccer podcast called Caught Offside. You can find it on Spotify. Highly recommend you download it. Let's dive into it. Again, Morocco going up against Portugal. This is the uh, the early game on Saturday. Um, Portugal favored to win at minus 150. You can bet a draw in regulation at plus 265. Morocco with the upset at plus 475. Uh, Portugal, a lot of storylines behind Ronaldo as well. Uh, getting benched, not as not playing as one of the starters. Uh, so kind of uh, break this down for us. How are you seeing this match play out, JJ? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's amazing. Portugal, who've, who've always had quality players, but certainly under Fernando Santos, the manager, haven't been very expansive or, or good to watch. And, and suddenly they exploded against Switzerland with, uh, with Ronaldo being benched. It's like they were, they were unburdened by the fact that this is a player who's, who he's probably gone through decline, who is just not going to give them the things he, that they need anymore. And is, if anything, like I said, he's a burden to the side. So they get rid of him. They bring in Gonzalo uh, Ramos, uh, the Benfica player, and he just... I mean, he opens up on Switzerland and the team opens up and, and play this, honestly, fantastic football that we probably haven't seen Portugal uh, play in 20 years, despite the fact they won the Euros in 2016. So, so yeah, it's fascinating. But the problem is now that it's, it's this case of, uh, you know, a team that's found this irresistible moment in Portugal meeting the immovable object of Morocco. And if you saw the way Morocco played against Spain, it's hard to think that they won't do something similar against uh, the other Iberian opposition in Portugal. They're going to make things absolutely, desperately hard. They're going to be very hard to play through. Um, you'd expect that Portugal will win it, uh, but this one could go the distance. It could, it, I mean, I think Portugal have more cutting edge than Spain do, but at the same time, like uh, Morocco, the, their ability to stop passing lanes, I mean, they don't give up chances. Not that they don't give up goals. They hardly give up any chances. Spain managed one shot on target against them. Um, so Morocco, incredibly difficult to go against. Uh, I think Portugal will shade it, but only just. So let me ask you, I mean, it doesn't sound like you think a lot of points are going to be scored here. Uh, you could wager that there's going to be under two and a half goals in regulation uh, at minus 145. Would that be the play here for you? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be many goals scored. Um now, there, there's, a, there's a flip side to that, and it's part of tournament football that, you know, Morocco have been on this emotional run. They've had the emotional game, 120 minutes the other night plus penalties. That does take a lot out of a team. Will that tiredness creep in and ultimately create gaps for Portugal? I just don't see Portugal running over them. I can see them winning. So, yeah, this is going to be low scoring. Interesting, interesting. Um, and then the uh, the second game on Saturday, uh, of course, is uh, is England uh, going up against uh, France. England, and now this is really interesting. Uh, both these teams, I, I, obviously, the odds makers believe that both these teams are somewhat evenly matched because you get plus money uh, betting on either one winning. France, if they win, it's plus one forty five. So what does that mean? You're laying a hundred dollars down to win one hundred forty five dollars. England plus two hundred five for it to end in a draw is plus two thirty. Uh, Mbappe has just been outstanding. Five goals and in, in three assists so far in, in this tournament. Uh, break this one down for us, JJ. How is this going to play out? 
yeah, it's it's one of the great things in Asia about a, a quarterfinal uh, matchup like this. Um, you basically can look at England and you can look at France and think they haven't really played anybody up to this point. Um, oh, sure, they've had you know tricky encounters, but generally speaking, they've they've breezed through to get to the quarterfinal, and this is the first time that they've made met opposition of their own weight division. So yeah, it's a fascinating one. I would agree, it's fifty fifty. Uh, a lot of people are saying that the difference between France and England is Mbappe. Um, that might be true, but it's not as if these two teams don't have other players in form. You're looking at um, Jude Bellingham for England, playing in the midfield, who just kind of opened up Senegal after a difficult start for England. He's such an important player. And for France, Antoine Griezmann, who has been a revelation at this tournament, but has flown under the radar simply because Mbappe has, has taken all the limelight. So, you know, those are other players that are going to be crucial in this one. It's interesting for England, first of all, how they deal with Mbappe, because you do have to do something specialist against him, I think. So, um, will they go to a back three? Will they try and double up on him? Um, You know, a lot of people are talking about Kyle Walker, the Manchester City right back against uh, Mbappe. Is that going to be the matchup that decides this game? It could be. Can Walker stick with Mbappe? He can stick with Mbappe. Can he stick with him for 90 minutes plus? Hard to know. And then also the other little uh, wrinkle in this one is that the midfield anchor, Declan Rice, who I thought was excellent against uh, Senegal. Uh, England are, are sweating on his fitness. You know, the replacements to come in are, are not as mobile. Rice has covered so much ground in this tournament. So what if Rice can't play? What does that do to England? Uh, does that mean that Hend- Jordan Henderson comes in? Does it mean that Calvin Phillips comes in? Uh, someone who hasn't played a lot of of, of games for, for Manchester City in the in the past three months since his transfer from Leeds United. So a lot of questions here. Uh, it's a tight game. France to shade it slightly. So you you have Fra- you have France advancing in this matchup, right? Yeah, hopefully. I really do. I hope that's the case. Uh, we want England out and we want them beaten. <laughs> I know you don't like England. I love it. Uh, the over/under at two and a half goals is minus. So the under, I'm sorry, the under at two and a half goals is minus one thirty. Uh, like I said, Mbappe is is just been absolutely incredible. Do you see a lot of scoring here or no, JJ? Um, I mean, England are both teams can are conservative in their own ways and are very good defensively. And like I said, it's it's a hard one to call, seeing as this is the first time they've really met that serious level opposition Mm -hmm. it didn't have it in the group although England drew with the US who gave them their best game of the group for sure Uh, France certainly didn't have it in the group and they got past Poland with relative ease Uh, England scored you know England scored those goals against Senegal kind of free-flowing hour for them really before before half time Um, yeah I don't I don't see a ton of it maybe maybe 2-1 France maybe that's a good one 2-1 2-1 France. Okay, before I let you go, um, you know, give us your thoughts in, in regard to the United States. I mean, very disappointing loss, obviously, to the Netherlands. Even though, here's the thing, JJ, like, even though the United States lost, I just didn't, I didn't enjoy the game. I just didn't feel that it was a good match, right? Like, I just, I was expecting, not that I was expecting the United States to win, but, like, I was just expecting more from them. I was expecting a more entertaining match, uh, and and I don't feel that that it was delivered. Uh, your your thoughts oh, I, your thoughts and, and summarize what you saw from the United States in this tournament and what can we expect from them four years from now when the United States, Canada, as well as Mexico host. Um, first of all, I thought it was very entertaining match. It's just the the entertainment didn't fall on the side of the Americans, <laughs> and, and, that, and yes. that's what and that's and that's what you get when you get partisan fans who are you know it's the same thing that happens in the hockey at the Olympics. 
like loads of people are suddenly into hockey because the United States are playing and if they don't play well it's a, it's a disappointment supporters that have been watching the team for a long time were definitely disappointed but for, but for different reasons um, you know I think tactically the, the Dutch got it right um, but also it, there, was, there was elements of luck in it too if Christian Pulisic takes that chance in like the second or third minute where uh, Weston McKinney plays him in on, on the counter press he scores that goal it's a completely different game and I wonder if your enjoyment levels would have changed. I thought the team were, were very good in terms of, like, um, throughout the tournament. I don't think they played great opposition. I think England was the one team they played. I thought Wales and Iran were very disappointing, uh, Wales in particular. And, and so that was a game they should have won. The Iran game, the U.S. made hard work of it. You know, overall, there was, on the metric side, some of them are a little bit, too complicated to get into but in terms of you know the, that midfield and, and the general style of play of the US I thought it was a very a very encouraging World Cup that unfortunately came to a, a shuddering halt against the Dutch side that maybe some of us underrated as for the World Cup in 2026 it depends if they um, if the players that they have right now that are in their early 20s continue to develop and continue to play regular club minutes at the highest level they possibly can, that's very important too. I think it would be great if we could pick up a striker along the way in the next four years. Don't know how likely that is, but I, I, would, I would leave the tournament disappointed at the way they went out, but with a general sense of optimism for the future. All right, I want to thank J.J. Duvaney for joining us tonight on Weekend Wager. Don't forget, you got Morocco and Portugal going at it tomorrow. Um, Morocco to advance is plus 270, Portugal minus 340. I think with Ronaldo benched, I think you've got to lean Portugal. And obviously, the odds makers agree with me, considering that it's minus 340. And man, do I love France tomorrow. France was plus money. It's now at minus 130 against England. So if you think England is going to advance, it's plus 105. France, it's minus 130. That's where it stands right now. Um, again, I want to thank J.J. Duvaney for joining us and, and our, our, our slew of guests. What a, what a great show we had tonight with J.J., Fat Jack, Lindsay, um, Ohm, Mike Clay, jam-packed show, getting you ready for the weekend and hopefully helping everybody win some money. I want to thank our producers as well, Jacob and Julian, doing a great job producing the show. Um, everybody, I'll be back tomorrow afternoon, high noon, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This has been Week in Wager brought to you by BetMGM Sports, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.